Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi, I'm Adam Berkmans, and today we're making venison gyros. This recipe was created by Ricky Folger, a field staff writer for Harvest Nature. She writes, Gyros are one of my favorite summer meals. It's perfect for both lunch and dinner, and takes less than an hour to make. I use heirloom tomatoes, cucumber, and butter lettuce from my local farmer's market. These veggies taste amazing in the summer months, especially if they're locally grown. Pickled onions and spicy peppers are great additions to your gyro, depending on your spice preference. Other sauces that would be fantastic are baba ganoush or hot sauce. No matter what your toppings are, I hope you enjoy this recipe as much as I do. Thanks, Ricky. Gyro, also pronounced as gyro, are a Greek specialty consisting of seasoned ground meat pressed into a loaf and skewered, and then cooked on a vertical spit. The meat is then shaved off and stuffed into pita along with tomato, onion, french fries, and tzatziki. In Greece, it's usually made with pork and sometimes chicken, though the dish is spread around the world and can often be found made with lamb and beef. Gyros have many close cousins such as Middle Eastern shawarma, Mexican al pastor, Canadian doner, German dunar, and Turkish donage. They all actually stem from the Turkish donage, spelled D-O-N-E-R, which consists of marinated meat stacked in layers onto a large skewer and then cooked on a vertical spit. We'll get into how meat cooked on a vertical spit spread across the world, but first let's dig a little deeper into history. Now if we took that vertical spit and turned it sideways, what we'd end up with is nothing but a very large shish kebab, right? That's exactly where Dinesh came from, so let's start our story with kebab first. Well, first of all, let's get some nomenclature out of the way. I'm sure we're all familiar with kebab, also known as kebab or kebab. It's grilled meat and veggies on a skewer, yes? Actually, no, not really, or not always. In the Mediterranean, Middle East, and South Asia, kebab simply points to dishes consisting of cut up or ground meat. Sometimes kebab is skewered and grilled, but often the meat is just roasted, baked, stewed, or formed into balls or patties. These kebab dishes originated in Persian, which is modern-day Iran, and Anatolia, modern-day Turkey, and were slowly spread around the world through trade and military expansion. A particular type of kebab, shish kebab, rose in popularity around 1500 years ago. Shish means sword in Turkish, and legends say that the first shish kebabs were eaten by medieval Turkish soldiers who would use their swords to grill wild game meat over open fires. Nowadays, the word shish also points to skewers, though many kebabs are still cooked on sticks resembling swords. I happen to have a few of those. In North America, the term shish kebab is still sometimes used, though most people just say kebab to describe meat or veggies grilled on a skewer. The Greek version tsuvlaki is also well known here. In Western Europe, the word kebab more likely points to 
doner or dinar kebab sandwich, which is an extremely popular fast food there. We'll get more into that later. Although cooking skewered meat over a fire is likely as old as humankind itself, let's start with those medieval Turkish soldiers. By the time the Ottoman Empire came into the existence in the 1300s, hunting wild game and cooking shish kebabs with the meat became the pastime of sultans and nobles. These field-to-skewer hunts symbolized power, opulence, and hospitality, and dignitaries would often be invited along to leave an impression on them. Strangely, the peasants at the time were also eating shish kebab, though probably with whatever meat they could purchase, grow, or scrounge up. And it's not too often in history that nobility and peasants were eating the same foods at the same time. At that same time, kebab had also grown into a big deal in Persia, where it played a starring role in celebratory feasts. The Mughal Empire, which rose in the late 1500s and was started by a family with Turkish origins and connections, brought the shish kebab down into modern-day India, where iterations of the dish became popular in royal kitchens. The kebab likely arrived before the Mughal Empire, brought by Turkish-influenced Afghan invaders, but it was the Mughal Empire that really popularized the dish. Indian and Arab traders from the Mughal and Ottoman empires brought shish kebabs with them to Southeast Asia in the 18th century, where they became satay, often served with peanut sauce, which is still popular in Thailand, Indonesia, and Malaysia today. Later, enslaved people and indentured servants brought from Indonesia to South Africa by the Dutch took satay with them, where they became sasati, a combination of sauce or sauce and satay, sauce satay, sasati. Kebabs also made their way along the Silk Road into northwestern China, where they became known as Chan, and were, and still are, enjoyed by the Uyghur people. They since made their way through the rest of China, and into Japan and Korea, and now are spreading around the world along with the Chinese diaspora. The Ottoman Empire also brought the shish kebab north with them, giving Eastern and Central Europe shashlik and chivapi. By the 17th century, a particular type of shish kebab was being cooked in Turkey called cha kebab. It consisted of marinated pieces of meat stacked into a sword-like skewer and then roasted over fire or coals on a horizontal spit. Sound familiar? In 1850, there was a popular restaurant in the Turkish town of Bursa selling meat from these cha kebabs. A young man named Iskender Efendi the son of the restaurant's owner had the idea to roast the skewer vertically and convinced his father to convert the spits. It was a huge success, and vertically roasted chad kebabs began to spread around the region, and then quickly spread to other countries. At this time, the meat would have been sliced off the kebab and served on a plate, probably with rice or bread. A Middle Eastern version called shawarma which usually consisted of chicken or lamb marinated in spices, became very popular in the Levant region and was served in restaurants in every city. By the early 1900s, the dish had become known as donage and was still spreading rapidly. It arrived in Greece by 1920, though it didn't make a big splash until about 25 years later. Around 1930, a wave of Christian Lebanese immigrants arrived in Mexico and took their shawarma with them. The dish quickly morphed into tacos al pastor, or shepherd's tacos, which were made from the marinated and vertically roasted pork, which was sliced into tacos along with pineapple. 
actually did an Antler and Finn episode on Takazapa Store if you want to learn more about them. In 1945, a Donaj Kebab restaurant in Istanbul became extremely popular and began serving Donaj to kings, politicians, and celebrities, much to the delight of journalists who spread the fame of the dish around the world. Around the same time, an influx of Turkish and Arab immigrants to Greece popularized the already existing Donaj Kebab, which eventually became known as Yiros. That's right, Yiros has only been around for maybe 70 years or so. The Donaj Kebab was finally stuffed into a sandwich in the 1960s, which quickly became all the rage. London saw its first Donaj Kebab shop in 1966, and by 1970 it was a familiar food in most big cities. Gyros also received the sandwich treatment and were brought to New York around 1970, where it became extremely popular. Around that same time, Gyros were also introduced to the Canadian city of Halifax by Greek immigrants. One enterprising immigrant by the name of Peter Gamalakos, who worked at a pizza shop, created a new style of sandwich using Lebanese flatbread, spiced beef gyros, and a sweet white sauce made from condensed milk. He named it Donaire, and the Halifax Donaire has been a popular street food all over the east coast of Canada ever since. Nova Scotians who moved to Alberta to work in the oil sands brought the sandwich with them and popularized it in western Canada as well. Nowadays, you can get Halifax Donaire in most Canadian cities and can even order Donaire pizza. Turkish migrant workers brought the Donaire sandwich with them to Berlin in the 1970s, where it became a new style sandwich there as well, stuffed full of lamb, salads, and sauces. This became known as the Berlin Donaire, which quickly became the most popular street food in Germany. It then spread across Europe and can now be found all over the world. From cavemen roasting meat on a stick, to medieval soldiers roasting wild game on a sword, to a young man in Bursa creating a vertical spit, to whoever first put the kebab meat into a sandwich, to worldwide fast food domination. Where I am right now in the medium-sized Canadian city of Ottawa Gatineau, I can drive five minutes to find Greek gyros, Turkish donaj, Halifax donaire, Lebanese shawarma, Mexican's tacos al pastor, and Berlin dinar. That's not to mention variations of shish kebabs from all over the world. Isn't it incredible how food travels? I've done some traveling too, and I've been lucky enough to try Donaj in Istanbul, Donaire in Halifax, Shawarma in Jordan, Alpastor in Mexico, and Dinar in Berlin. I haven't been able to make it to Greece yet, but I have had gyros from old school Greek diners in both New York and Toronto, so that kind of counts, doesn't it? Everywhere I've gone, these sandwiches have been absolutely incredible, and I hope you seek them out if you get to travel to any of these spots yourself. If you're planning on staying in, and you'd like to make your own donair at home, but don't have a massive vertical spit set up, well then you're out of luck. Just kidding. Making yours at home is actually really easy, and if you're going to do it, I suggest using Ricky's recipe. She used venison meat, but you could always swap it out for elk, moose, wild pig, or even store-bought lean ground beef, pork, turkey, or chicken. This recipe serves four and takes about an hour to make. Ingredients For the gyros One pound of ground venison Half a cup of feta cheese One egg One tablespoon of dried oregano two teaspoons of garlic powder, two teaspoons of ground cumin, 
2 teaspoons of kosher salt, 1 teaspoon of cracked black pepper. For the tzatziki, half a cup of English cucumber, small dice, 1 cup of Greek yogurt, 1 garlic clove, minced, 1 tablespoon of fresh mint, 1 tablespoon of fresh dill, 2 tablespoons of lemon juice, half a teaspoon of kosher salt, half a teaspoon of black pepper. For the toppings, pita bread, hummus, tomatoes sliced, red onions sliced, cucumber sliced, butter lettuce. To prepare, preheat oven to 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Combine ground venison, feta cheese, egg, oregano, garlic powder, cumin, salt, and pepper to a bowl and mix well. Shape meat mixture into balls, about two tablespoons each. Place on a baking sheet and place in the oven for 30 to 35 minutes. Remove once internal temperature reaches 155 degrees. Prepare tzatziki by mixing the cucumber, yogurt, garlic, mint, dill, lemon juice, salt, and pepper into a bowl. Place in the fridge until ready to use. When you are ready to serve, place pita bread in the oven to warm up. Once warm, slice in half and start assembling. Serve immediately and enjoy. For more great wild fishing game recipes, be sure to subscribe and follow Antler and Finn.